0: Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Pieper, As we... Uh, break down the uh, latest in Major League Baseball in the last uh, week of the of the season here that we've uh, uh, seen some uh, some heaters, some freezers, and uh, everything in between. Uh, we'll give you our uh, our new uh, format of, of our threes, three pitchers, three hitters, three questions, three teams, uh, and then we'll dive into more of a feature uh, feature piece. Uh, this time we're looking at uh, teams under five hundred, uh, better or baseline. Uh, Is there still hope for this year, or is it wait till next year? Uh, But before we get started, as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and soon-to-be summer fun. Uh, Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, It was a rainy one for at least today. Weather held off at least a little bit better uh, yesterday. Uh, But uh, uh, we're still in that uh, spring showers uh, time of year.
1: Yeah, we never seem to get a full good weather weekend here in Wisconsin yet. We got two astoundingly good days, and then we got today. I kind of blame you, but we got today, and it uh, rained all day. We stuck it out. We closed an hour early. We'll be back next week. Uh, Hopefully you had a nice Mother's Day. It was uh, was good. It was a good weekend still.
0: Uh, I suppose in a uh – an event to save the date uh, for in the uh, not too distant future as we look towards summer plans with it. if someone's looking for a uh, baseball themed, a uh, uh, fun uh, we'll be having uh, at uh, uh uh, Bethlehem Lutheran and, and Rockbridge uh, in Richland Center. We will be having uh, not only an outdoor movie night, it will be an outfield movie night at our uh, unique wiffle ball t-ball field uh, that looks like a miniature Fenway Park. Uh, we'll be playing uh, the Sandlot uh, on the outfield wall on Friday, June 9th. Announce your size of your screen. Uh it'll be a, a good two hundred and fifty inches. Uh that's the screen that's coming as part of that. Goes with the projector. Things are, are set for that, so excited uh, for that. We'll have along with the movie, it's the thirtieth anniversary of the Sandlot uh, uh this year. Uh and we'll be uh, uh having uh in, in commemoration a s'mores station uh to go along with uh with the movie. You can bring your favorite lawn chair or blanket and uh curl up on the uh, uh on the on the grass and watch uh uh watch the, the sandlot so what was that date friday june 9th plan on rain everybody plan it, on rain that's my luck for picking dates so uh it would probably be it uh, probably the 16th would be the rescheduled date now uh, within it but uh wouldn't surprise me if that date has the same thing so
1: don't schedule a picnic for the 9th you heard it here first
0: uh, so we'll, uh, uh, we'll mention as we get closer within it, but, uh, some, uh, summer fun, uh, it's going to be, uh, just a, a free will, uh, donation, uh, made towards this. All proceeds will be going to, uh, the, uh, building of the new marquee at the, uh, downtown Richland Center cinema. Uh, so we're supporting the, the theater in, in town as, as part of this. So, uh, local helping local, all that good stuff.
1: Very cool. Very cool program, buddy.
0: Well, let's dive into our, our threes. Uh, we'll take a look at our three hitters. Uh, we begin with uh, uh, Bronx Bomber that has been uh, uh, very much heating up, and he has mastered, and, as, especially with staying there too within it. He loves that short porch. Uh, Anthony Rizzo uh, has uh, not only did he have a resurgence going back or when his first round with New York, it's been a good bet, a good, uh, good re-signing. Uh, he's been a perfect fit for them. Uh, w- within it. And Aaron Judge is obviously the engine that drives that train. Uh, but uh, Anthony Rizzo has been one of those solid hitters going along with him.
1: Great series, four game series between Tampa Bay and New York. Ended up splitting it the last three games all decided by one run. Back and forth games, good games. Anthony Rizzo has scored at least one run in every game going back to May 5th, which was the last time they played Tampa Bay. So that is, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11 straight games. He scored at least one run. Four home runs for the year. He's hitting three eleven. Yeah, it's been a, it's kind of the perfect fit, I guess. In him in Yankee Stadium, that short porch, like I said, takes advantage of it. I don't know if he really has the power that if he wasn't playing in Yankee Stadium, he's probably. I mean, he still easily could hit twenty five home runs there again this year. And he's bats in the three spot, which you mentioned is great. Like that's right behind Aaron Judge and Stanton's getting closer. They say so maybe they'll get him back at some point here soon. It's it's uh I've been very impressed with Anthony Rizzo. I. You know, Fantasy-wise, I don't have him anywhere. So that stinks. I kind of wish I do because I have a lot of Jose Abreu at first base, and that has not been pretty. So, Anthony Rizzo, good, good start.
0: A uh, not-so-good start. Uh, got the name recognition, but the, been in a massive slump of late. I think you said like 0 for 20 uh, uh, for uh, Byron Buxton, who used to be the like, at least uh, top 10 pick in fantasy. Uh, within it, in injuries were the, the the challenge, which always kept him from reaching that ceiling. Well, he's been healthy, but the numbers haven't quite been there. He's been like solid, but not at that level.
1: Yeah, so he had a couple hits today, finally. But before that, the Twins rolled up 16 runs today, so he better have had a couple hits. They dropped him down to the cleanup spot. Before that, he had been he had not had a hit since May 4th. He had went, and that was a home run. So over, I think 23. It looks like they gave him a day off yesterday against the Cubs, and then he came back today with a good two for five. It's health. He's hitting two fifteen this year, though. I just think the average at this point, he strikes out enough that I'm not sure the average is ever going to be there. The counting stats are still great, although he's way fast. He could steal a lot more bases, just like Mike Trout could steal more bases, but he's so injury prone that the Twins aren't going to ask him to steal a lot of bases. Now, a lot of the actual value was always derived from the fact that he's Arguably the best defensive center fielder in the game. And they're not playing him there because they want him to stay healthy. And so far we're I think you sent it to me a text of not why while go, this is the longest he's started off a year without going on the IL or something. That's a pretty in his am- career, yeah. That's pretty amazing because uh yeah, we're only at May 15th here.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a uh like when I look at the the numbers under the hood, and so yeah, his problem is as he has I mean He's been in the 25 to 35% range for, for uh, strikeouts uh, in his career. Uh, his lowest that he's had is 23.1. Uh, and so now he's this year at 27. Point, or 28.8. Uh, and he was at 30.4 last year. So he's been on the higher range within that. He low BABIP, uh, uh throughout the uh, kind of goes hit and miss with that for, for a lot of his career. Within it. But what's interesting is he's at his highest walk rate. He's at 13.7% walk rate. So, and his ISO is very good. So, uh, three outcome hitter is what he's at right now. That walk rate, his thing is finding that rhythm where this way, what pitch he wants to drive, right? He's still doing a lot of the walks, which means there's still value here. But if you're expecting him to be a 300 hitter, you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, but someone who can still, uh, in he is staying healthy. This is working out pretty well overall, but the question becomes who is Byron Buxton as a DH versus Byron Buxton as center fielder and what is that worth? Uh and and, and I don't know like I, I think we're cuz you're still relying on Byron Buxton the name which was built on at least a good part of that being defense. You know, had the has the power uh, intriguing 30 30 potential, uh, in, in that type of bat and uh, gold glover with it. But if you don't have the gold glover uh, and, and you're you not know, gonna run and you're not gonna run because you're watching that within it, so and 30, maybe like 25 30 kind of in that range uh, with a low average, which is gonna tank your OBP, it's not it's gonna be solid because you walk a good amount, but it's not gonna be great. Uh, so if you bet like if you get up to 250 and maybe like 350 on base percentage okay that's good but if you're at 215 and like 320 uh 330 like it's it, good. It's, it's good but not great it's it's, yeah. it's a you're you'll be trading on name and not on performance
1: I'd rather have Andrew Vaughn like if we're just talking about yeah. like players which generally I feel like most people would say okay well, Byron Buxton is superstar give me Andrew Vaughn he's been red hot lately and you know I, something like that where not a good defender he's always been they finally started to play him at first base. He was always miscast in the White Sox. But you know, offensively, Byron is the average is, is capped because of that strikeout rate.
0: I have him on at least one of my fantasy teams uh, within it. And, and uh, again, there's solid performance. There's worse uh, that you could have. But if you're expecting him to be, like, one of your, your lineup anchors, you you bet on the wrong horse.
1: Speaking of, I know what the next guy that you have on many fantasy teams
0: I I, uh, uh, believed in the bounce back from injury, and that's uh, uh, Brandon Lau uh, with with the Tampa Bay Rays, second baseman, uh, his last healthy year, so not last year, but the year before, hit 38 home runs, uh, and and that's what you're looking at with him. Uh, He has has been, for his career, a hot and cold hitter, very streaky, and man, is he on an ice-cold streak right now. Uh, I'll let you pull up those numbers uh, for that for the recent uh, uh, cold streak, but it's about as frigid as any player uh, in in Major League Baseball. Uh, And before I go further, why don't you give those numbers?
1: Well, he had a hit today and drove drove in two, which ended up being, I don't know if it was the deciding hit, but they won by one. So a big part of the reason they won. But before that, he hadn't had a hit since May 3rd. So he had went uh, a couple of days, he had an off in there. I'm not sure, I'm assuming it was for injury, but also just in effectiveness, and over about 23, it looks like. That's not very good. Uh, here's the concerning thing is the strikeouts are back up to 29%. The 2019 season was at peaked at 34, which is unpalatable. He just got by on a really high babbit, But you know, 29% is really high. That's higher than it's been for the last two, three seasons again. And he's launching the ball straight up into the air because the babbit is really low, and he's hitting a lot of, like, looks like, high fly balls that are just not carrying out. I I think it's the back,
0: right? That's what it's been with him his back even going back to college. That was because yeah. he was uh, had injuries there and that's why he dropped in the draft, Rays picked him up. Uh been healthy good last year was the first real issue uh with the back that sidelined him for 2 thirds of the season last year. Uh and this year there's a, a small tweak but they said it wasn't like it wasn't anything like last year. Uh, so there really there aren't injury concerns. This is just one of those bad slumps. Like uh, here's the reason for still being optimistic if you have him on a fantasy team uh, today. I watched him uh, play within it. He's still you can tell he's still trying to find it, but when he was up in RBI uh, situations, it was still outs. He got his RBI it's not off of hits. Uh, it was off of outs, but he's finding a way to be productive even when he's not hitting the ball with it. like That's what you want a guy to be able to do, to still find a way to contribute when you're not uh, firing on, on, on all cylinders. Uh, when you're still able to do that, that's one of those signs that you're getting closer. Uh, and so I, I still think he's going to be, I believe, what he is. I don't know if he ever reaches peak, what he was two years ago, but if you're saying maybe a 240, 250 hitter uh, with 30 to 35 home runs yeah because when he gets his homers it's in bunches he was uh up until the last two weeks he's one of the highest uh, uh among the league leaders in home runs within he went through a, a huge stretch hit like four or five in a week and then and then he went cold to here within it this is what he's going to do uh, uh within it so I'm not concerned about uh, uh is he a uh, a starting caliber player or is he some of the race can count on as part of their overall offense within it I think he's just gonna be a streaky hitter
1: Here's my, I don't know if it's in certain. Like, observation is they've basically now he was at least at when he was hotter, uh, not one of the platooned. Now it's basically just Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena. Brandon Lau is not playing against lefties. He could he? Here's my he's not the same position, but Jack Peterson, right? We talked about it before. Twenty-three homers, seventy RBIs last year. He hit two seventy-four. I don't know if he, I don't know if Brandon Lau's got two seventy-four in him. I think he's got two fifty in him, but that's the type of season I think he could still have. Kind of like what we've seen out of Jock Peterson.
0: I'm going to try to pull up his numbers versus right-handed pitching as we talk about that because that's I think the interesting. I think he's only faced right-handed pitching, so it's probably uh, about yeah, it's the true. same. Versus uh, righties, with, he has the he has all seven of the home runs. He's only been up eleven times against lefties.
1: So versus the righties, he has all seven of the home runs. The average is still just 185, but and against lefties, it's 182.
0: Yeah, that that'll come up. I said that that one that's that's Joey Gallo a level at, at full bad Joey Gallo. No, that, that that's uh you your streaks within it. That'll come up within it. But is he? The question is: Is he Jock Peterson or is he Kyle Schwarber? Uh, and I think that there's a difference in those two. One's still solid. One is can carry you when he gets hot. Uh, and so that's the question of who he is. And I think part of the reason, like in in, in uh, uh two years ago, he had he didn't hit great against lefties, but he had power against lefties. And so he still that uh, uh, he was able to perform with both the emergence of Taylor Walls uh, is going to make that harder to get those at-bats versus lefties. Uh, So when you have other players that are performing within it, they'll maximize uh, the roster and be efficient with that for platooning. Uh, And so I don't think he's going to get those same opportunities this, this year, which will limit in some ways, but might have a chance to get him into a rhythm versus right-handed pitching. Again, you have two of those guys we mentioned have made solid careers out of just hitting right-handed pitching. Uh, if you can be either one of those, uh, there's a different rung between the two, but either one of those is productive on a playoff team. Yep.
1: In 2021, he had 10 home runs against the lefties. Only hit 198, but he just crushed righties to a 270 average. That's, if he's going to run a 250 average, he's going to have to hit pretty high against righties because it's, it's the average is going to always struggle against lefties, I think.
0: Well, if, as we move our way to, uh, to pitchers, let's talk about someone that when we think of uh, aces or uh, leading pitchers, uh, some of the best pitchers in the game, uh, you can think of uh, plenty of different guys that come up. We'll talk like Brewers. You can talk about uh, Woodruff and Burns. Uh, you can talk about uh, Shane McClanahan from a Ray standpoint, Garrett Cole. Uh. You gonna uh, talk about Shohei Ohtani. Uh, there's there's plenty of, of excellent uh, pitchers that are there. One that is not mentioned in the same breath. But I think the time has now come that he needs to be is Joe Ryan.
1: You could, I said, we've talked about Papa Lopez. You can make the case those two are uh, um, both aces at this point. Joe Ryan has made eight starts this year. He has seven quality starts. The one he didn't is because he gave up one. He gave up four earned runs instead of three earned runs in six innings, or he would be seven for seven. He's been dominant, like dominant. By 50 innings, he has 57 strikeouts. He has a 216 ERA and a .84 whip. Another, yesterday, another 10 strikeouts performance in six innings for a win. He looks really good. Uh, the concern that I always had had with Joe Ryan was he was so, 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 so fastball reliant, and it can work. Spencer Strider's fastball reliant. He also has an absurd other world fastball. Joe Ryan's stuff was always fine. Never like dominant, dominant like we're seeing now. He added a pitch. That that's what changes it, right? Off season, he added another pitch, and when when you see these guys add a pitch, things can change very quickly. Joe Ryan's taking the next step. That's kind of what Pablo Lopez has done. Pablo Lopez hasn't added a pitch. Pablo Lopez has added velocity. So you put these two guys together, and this, these are the trades that the Twins needed to make because we've talked about the Twins needed pitching for a while. And the Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz one looks like one of the rare trades where your team is has got it wrong.
0: You don't. uh uh, uh, contrary to popular opinion, the Rays don't uh, win every trade uh, within it. Uh, did you know they also had a chance at Trey Turner? He was uh, part of a three-way trade within it that would have gone uh, within it so that uh, he could have been a, a Ray uh, within it. They were uh, did a desperation trade. They got uh, Steven Souza, was who they wanted for an immediate need in the outfield, and that's when Trey Turner went to the Washington Nationals as part of that trade with the Padres. Uh, Joe Ryan, another one of those examples, uh, that he's 6-1 and one this year uh and he's uh, uh just a potent swing and miss uh a pitcher that now that he has uh, more to uh, more tools uh, uh, to work with uh, he is taking that next step up uh, and if uh, Minnesota has any chance at anything within it, it's going to be because they have a one-two combo now that can uh, do something in in the postseason uh, if you have Ryan and uh, and Lopez healthy within it that's going to give you a shot.
1: Sunny Gray's okay too. Like they have a third yeah, decent right, option, exactly. right? He's not as good as those guys, but yeah, it's the splitter. He added a splitter. He still relies on the four seamer a lot, but he is the second most pitches he's thrown as the splitter, and it's got a one ninety four batting average against. So it's working. People are pounding it into the ground and it's another type of fastball. But if you look at the, the heat map on Stackcast, it is down in the zone, which is where you want the splitter. People just pound it into the ground and hey, good for Joe Ryan. I'm very impressed.
0: So our theme with the pitchers that we're looking at today is kind of underrated. Right? So you have an underrated a youngster who now needs to be considered part of the upper echelon of uh, of starters and aces, uh, and you have an underrated veteran who uh, for uh, he'll go through stretches certainly, but I think underrated for being just an above average veteran. Uh, that's he's not going to fit that first category within it. But if you're looking for like a number three uh, type starter, uh, very few match uh, Nathan Ivaldi. Uh, who is uh, on a massive tear uh, down in Texas.
1: He is at above 100 ERA plus, so better than average uh, going back to 2017. So he has been above average. Now the question has always been the health, right? That's, That's no surprise if you know anything about baseball. You know that Nate Evaldi is an injury concern. He has bounced around baseball, but basically going back to the Tampa Bay days, he's been pretty good when he's pitched. And this is the best iteration we've seen of Nate Evaldi, and it's been really impressive. The last three starts are on a whole other level. I didn't, beyond Sandy Alcantara last year, when was the last time we saw a pitcher go nine innings, eight innings, and eight and two-thirds innings in a row? That has been a while, especially Nate Evaldi. And that's his last three starts. He has yet he has not given up an earned run in any of those three starts. He has wins in all of them. 25 strikeouts in those 17 innings. He's actually on a five-straight quality start streak. Yeah, this looks, I mean, this is what they wanted out of Jacob DeGrom. And they're getting it out of Native Aldi. So you get DeGronn healthy. Heaney's starting to look a little better. John Gray's looking better. We talked about Texas last week as one of the teams uh, we were impressed with. They've kept it going. And Native Aldi's a big reason why. I, I'm amazed that he's t- seemingly taken this and I don't want to say I'm amazed he's taking the step because I said we've seen him be good before, but I did not expect Native Aldi to be an innings eater. That is not what you expect.
0: And I also didn't expect him to have a career year at, at this stage within it. Uh, solid years, but but not like the, where he's at right now. We'll see him can keep it up. But is there any team that has mastered the mid-rotation veteran, a starter, and free agency better than the Texas Rangers? Like, look back at their list of who they've had and done very well with, Lance Lynn. That's the one I just pulled up to see. How old was Lance Lynn when he
1: went there? He was 32. Yep. And he has put together until this year where I've, Pulling down my fantasy teams, uh, Lance Lynn four straight very good season since then. Now he's thirty seven. Native Aldys, thirty three. Like that is the one that really seems to fit here. Is they've had other success. Don't get me wrong. Martin Perez looks great still for them.
0: Kyle Gibson, another Kyle one Gibson, about no? that age within it. Uh, th- they've had about uh, every year about two to three of those guys. Well, maybe not two to three, but at least one every year. Uh, you can trace that back about six, seven years. Uh, within that, where they've been very successful at that mid rotation, not perfect. I think uh, Jake Odorizzi was one of those examples who was never, just never healthy. Uh, he ne- could never get healthy with within any of it. But for the most part, I don't know of another team that has done that this uh, this well for this long of a stretch. So Nathan avalde is just another one in that long line of doing very effectively with it, and another reason why Texas has uh, optimism besides just their uh, amazing offense when they look at their pitching. Uh, another underrated guy who is still around baseball, just doing his thing. Uh, I've never found a more uniquely independent dude who truly just bounces to his own beat that just loves the art of pitching. Uh-huh. Uh, Zach Ranke. Uh He has had different stretches in his career uh, where... Uh, Almost got the Brewers to uh, very high heights uh, w- within it. Uh, he's uh, uh, been an incredible pitcher, and now like in the twilight years of an amazing career. How many years Zach Greinke pitched? Is he at eighteen to 20? Like twenty? Like he's twenty
1: years. We are at yeah, twenty years. Zach Greinke, easy Hall of Famer at this point. Uh, an accumulator, perhaps you could say, but there's been some phenomenal years in there he has the one side young award back in 2009 but like 2015 he got robbed he absolutely deserved it that year where he had a 166 era uh in 222 innings he led the league with a 166 era and a 0.84 whip and now he joins a, a rarefied air company with his I watched that game, it was against the Brewers, where he struck out, I believe it was Bryce Terang or Joey Weimer. He struck them both out, but I don't remember which one he actually struck out, but he became only the fifth pitcher ever to strike out a 1,000 different batters. And it is a who's who of the best pitchers of all time. It is Nolan Ryan, it is Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, and Roger Clemens. Those are... Oh, I'd say Hall of Famers, but you know Roger Clemens isn't in the Hall of Fame because of other reasons, which Hank Greinke will not worry about because he has never been accused of doing anything like that. And if you've ever watched him pitch, I don't feel like he would like doing taking steroids because he just kind of lobs it up there. Like you said, he beats to his own drum. He calls his own. Hanson Brewers the other night, uh, Salvador Perez called a pitch. Zen- Greinke like shook him off. Then Greinke called him out there, and he's like, pretty much like, I'm calling this game. Like you, uh, you're amazing, Salvador Perez. Get back there, though. I got this. And Look, is he what he once was? No, he's not. Uh, He's still very effective for a player his age, and I know he likes it in Kansas City. You'd love to see him go to a team and win a World Series. I would love to see that for him, but he keeps picking Kansas City. That's where he started his career, and that's where he seems to end his career. And and then, you know, at some point we will see him in Cooperstown.
0: Yeah. a rarefied error with what took place uh, uh, with that milestone, and yet someone who had no clue that it even happened.
1: Yeah, the best part was after the game, they, I forget the, the interviewer came up to him and it asked him a question like, did you know what was happening? He's like, eh, the, the guys came to celebrate with me, I just wanted to keep pitching the ball, and they're like, well, you know, it's these five Hall of Fame caliber pitchers, he's like, yeah, that, that's kind of cool, Like, and it's just, he, remember the, the COVID year where you, there was no fans in the stands, and he would go sit in the stands by himself, just because he didn't want to be in the dugout, like, he did, like I said, beats to his own drum. He's he doesn't he owns who he is. He doesn't care what people think of him, and he is a phenomenal pitcher with 224 career wins. And at this point, he has struck out 2,914. So hopefully, we can get him to that 3,000 strikeout barrier sometime yet this year.
0: Well, I think there's another label that needs to be as we talk about uh, just a, a model of excellence uh, as we turn our attention to three teams. Uh, it kind of goes with a, a, a question within it, but as we look at the Baltimore Orioles and we see, they seemingly put up uh, one uh, one amazing arm after another, is it now time to anoint the Baltimore bullpen uh, as the best in Major League Baseball?
1: It certainly has the player that's pitched the best on it so far this year. Janier Cano has been uh, pff, ridiculous, spectacular. Like, out of nowhere, they traded for him last year. They got him from the Twins. I don't even remember what the actual trade was, but he has yet to allow a walk this year. He has yet to allow a home run. Now he's running a 100% BABIP. So, you know, I don't think the zero ERA is going to last all year, <laughs> if you want, you know, my my uh, advanced prognostication here. But his expected ERA is .84. Like, it is not that he is getting he's getting a little lucky. He's not getting unbelievably lucky. He has just been that good. And 19 innings, when you've only when you struck out 22 in 19 innings, you've given up four hits and are yet to walk a batter. That's really impressive. They do this. This is what they do. Remember, Jorge Lopez came in there last year. We're like, no, I've seen Jorge Lopez. He wasn't very good. And they're like, no, Jorge Lopez is a dominant closer. And oh yeah, Felix Bautista out of nowhere was a pretty good pitcher. And now he's their closer. In the meantime, they traded. Jorge. I bet you that's who they. I bet you that's where they got Yannir Cano for. Was they traded Jorge Lopez to the Twins? Got Yannir Cano back. Jorge Lopez since then has been fine, but he was not what he was with Baltimore. So. Whatever it is in the Baltimore water, they seem to understand relief pitchers. We actually haven't seen, remember, uh, Dylan Tate was really good for them last year, too. He's still hurt with, a, I think it was a flexor or maybe he had the Tommy John. I don't really remember, but it's a really good bullpen that they can lean on. So we've talked about their starters how many times where they're average. Like Grayson Rodriguez has the potential someday to be a star in this game, I think. Kyle Gibson is a fine MLB pitcher. He's nothing special, right? He's fine. Kyle Bradish, Tyler Wells, fine pitchers. Like they're not bad, but they take advantage of the fact that they push the fences out in a division that typically has hitters parks. Baltimore has this massive pitchers park. Now they push the fences out. They get their guys to the sixth inning and they say, bullpen carry us home. And it's working. They're playing really good baseball right now. they are at 26 and 14.
0: I don't have like, uh, some of the advanced stats with XFIP, uh, here with it for their bullpen, but I do have some of the other numbers pulled up here. Uh, Baltimore ranks uh, second in Major League Baseball at this point. Uh, they are twelve and six with an ERA of three point zero five. Uh, they have pitched one hundred and fifty innings, which is among the the most. Uh, there's still some that have done more, uh, but among the most uh, in uh, Major League Baseball, they've only given so one hundred and fifty innings pitched, one hundred nineteen hits. Uh, they have uh, 59 walks to 179 strikeouts. That is the highest number of ridiculous. strikeouts uh, within it. Uh, a whip of 1.18 uh, and a .216 uh, average uh, for that. They, they are a dominant group of swing and miss uh, pitchers at this point. And to me, that is always the key when it comes to if you have playoff aspirations, when you start going up against high-level hitters uh, across the board within it, you need that. uh, So this way, guys don't accidentally just run into one. You need that swing and miss ability. They have that. Uh, And if they want to have playoff aspirations as they're trying to make that ascension into that, if they have any, uh, uh, a big reason for their success will be this bullpen.
1: Yeah, I mean if you want to strand a runner, it's a lot easier to strand them if they don't touch the ball than, you know, booted a booted ball, booted ground ball. I just talked about that. Yeah, your canoe has a one hundred percent left on base percentage. Well, if you're not even putting the ball on play, it's really hard to drive someone in. So yeah, you need swing and miss stuff in the bullpen. Right now, if it gets to the seventh inning and you win the lead, you feel pretty good about Yenny Your canoe and Felix Batista getting you to the finish line. And it's worked so far. They had he had three saves this between the two of them, they had four saves this
0: week and two holds. That's a... All you can ask for. Uh, as we make our way to the National League, uh, going comfortably into the, its uh, proper place in uh, first place, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are back to being what everyone expects the Los Angeles Dodgers to being, winners of five straight. Uh, this was rivalry week. right? We just went through in the last week here with those big matchups again, uh, watching the, the Yankees and, and, and Rays, uh, for me, for the last two weekends. Back-to-back shots there. You now have the Padres going up against the Dodgers, and again, uh, history uh, repeating itself. Uh, Dodgers swept uh, the Padres uh, in this, and now they're at 26-15. and 15.
1: Hey, they're still really good. I watched the Dodgers, Not, I don't remember, I think it was the first game in the series, and it came up that they are 25th in the baseball on average. They are like, this is not the typical Dodgers way to do it, but they're second in home runs. They're like selling out for power, and they're scoring a lot of runs doing it. They're still fourth in runs scored, and guess what? They still have pretty good pitching, uh, minus Noah Syndergaard. So. It's a good team. It's still a good team.
0: And every time they go through injuries, they mm-hmm. deal with other challenges within it, and someone else steps up. Last year, it was Tyler Anderson, right? Yep. Uh, so we had have that part within it. This year, now back healthy, Dustin May.
1: Dustin May looks great. Tony he, Gonsolin looks great. Don Gonsolin's back and healthy. They they find a way to make these guys go through. And here's a here's a prediction for you, a, a hot take. I think Clayton is going to pitch 150 innings.
0: He seems healthier this year. He just seems. I think
1: that he realizes they're not as deep as they've been. And we've said it before. Like, do we truly believe that Clayton Kershaw was always hurt when they put him on the injured list? Or was it Clayton Kershaw, take your two weeks off and go through it? They don't have the depth that they've always had, right? No Tyler Anderson, no Andrew Heaney.
0: They've needed him a little bit more this year than they have in other years.
1: So I think he might get to 150 innings. And if he gets to 150 innings... They're going to be a really good 150. innings. like, you can watch the mid make the case. Clayton Kershaw is tracking towards at 35. You know, he's just right in that hunt for another Cy Young award, right? Because he's really good. Now, at some point, I'm sure Gavin Stone will get a call up and Clayton Kershaw will take 15 days off. But they're they're not holding back on him yet. Now I could be, you know, tomorrow I could hear the back is flared up on him and and he's going to take, you know, a month off. It's possible. But I've been pretty impressed with him so far. He's already at 50 innings. That's, that's a lot by mid-May. So we'll see. I might be completely wrong on that. Uh, Bukie Betts looks very good, as you expect. Uh, Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman, Will Smith, they're, they're they are who they are. James Altman has been great as a rookie. They have they have young players, they have old players. It's a good team, and go it's Vargas. a better team than the Padres.
0: And that's uh, leads us to the third team, right? As we uh, the we have the haves and the have-nots. Uh, as far as you have the, the Dodgers for what they've done, uh, eight and two in their last ten, winners of five straight. San Diego had every opportunity here uh, to uh, change that. Instead, they're three and seven in their last ten. Uh, uh, now on a five-game losing streak, they sit nineteen and twenty-two. Now in third place uh, in uh, uh, to the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, who have a four-game lead over them. This isn't as if it's a close one through three. This is a legitimate third. Uh, and you can look at and i'm I'm pulling up to each uh in each uh division in the NL they'd be third or fourth in uh or even fifth uh in any other division this is not a good record uh, uh through this point they sit with a negative 10 run differential uh, and their expected win loss record on the basis of these numbers is 19 and 22. hey what do you know they are
1: who they thought they were I got you uh, Joe Musgrove complained today as we're doing this that you know, the the media is holding his team down or whatever, and how dare they say that we can't beat the Dodgers? You know what? You got to beat the Dodgers. You are one in five against them this year. So people are going to talk. It's not been the offense. It really hasn't. Juan Soto is actually really hot right now. His average is suddenly up to 262. Fernando Tatis has came back. He already has five home runs. He's hitting 278. It's been fine. He's doing just fine. Machado's finally starting to come out of it a little bit, 237. Bogarts has cooled off, but. It's really not the offense. It's the pitching is just not consistent enough. It, it isn't. It's been, you Darvish has still been good, but we've talked about Blake Snell numerous times on this podcast. Joe Musgrove's come back from his broken toe or something. He did some toe thing in the offseason season and been eh. And, and then the rest of it, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, are you lying on him? Lugo's been actually pretty good, but Michael Waka's been bad. And so that's it's their pitching. It's not as good as what the Dodgers roll out there. Who do you think, here's a weird one. Who do you think is the Padres... Top performer in WAR so far this year. I'll give you ten guesses. You'll never get it. We're not giving you ten guesses though.
0: I'm trying to think through uh, uh, players within it because it's not the uh, again. Catese hasn't been here more than a. He's already uh, four. That tells you how amazing he is. Yeah, he's he's working his way up. It's not Soto. He's third. You're getting there. Uh,
1: Bogart's the second. I'll give you that one. I was,
0: yeah, and, I, and it's obviously not Machado. Uh, no, he's so
1: terrible. He's not. Even, he is tenth. Twelfth, on Kim, one point seven wins you know. above replacement. So I
0: like I, of like, all the moves they made. That was uh, <laughs> an overlooked one uh, within it passed over in different ways. Kind of like Jake Cronin worth another mm-hmm. one for just the. Uh, but these guys, that's you what you need. Those types. Say,
1: you can go through their lineup and say, "This is a pretty good player." This is a pretty good player, but
0: the but Padres the are reaching never the Mets. Gets right? there.
1: the Padres are reaching the Mets level where it feels like, okay, this is a really good team. We've sold out. They have nothing left in the minor. Or they have Jackson Merrill. I think it was like in high A. Otherwise, they have basically sold out on this team, right? They moved all their prospects for Juan Soto, and they have all this money invested in the next decade in Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, uh, Xander Bogarts, and Manny Machado. It's got to start coming together at some point here. (laughs) And because you're not developing, they're not going to, unless they have an unending amount of money, I don't know where they improve this pitching.
0: Well, the question is, do they I again? Mean, we dark horse. I said my hot take was Shohei Ohtani uh, within it. Uh, that's and and we'll see. Uh, I he still would help get, him.
1: They could certainly use him. He but would
0: be- uh, it'll be hard to convince him not to put on Dodger blue. I think that's the the challenge within it. We'll see what happens when we get there. But I decided to check for the fun of it. Uh, like we'll talk Mets uh, within it as part of uh, the next uh, segment that'll be coming up here. Uh, but I went and checked. The only other team that does that is Toronto. Toronto is finally going past that stage where they have, like, on paper, very good talent. The record never reflects it. They're 24 and 16 right now.
1: They swept the Braves, which is a really good team to sweep. So we're they starting to today.
0: see a, a uh, turning of the, the page uh, for that team. We'll save that for another week. Uh, within in fact, I think uh, we'll say for next week. Uh, Quarter season uh, 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 performance reviews. Let's take a look at uh, uh, best surprises, uh, MVP through the first quarter of the season. Uh, those who have really stood out uh, within that, we'll take a look at that as part of our quarter season review uh, next week as part of it. but are there, we'll,
1: people. It's hard to believe that. We're almost to Memorial Day. Yeah.
0: yeah. Time, uh, time flies. Uh, but, uh, or your time is now. Uh, And we'll do that as I try to make my best segue here for that. Uh, But uh, Yuri Perez, as we go into our three questions here uh, within it, we've had, uh, I can't remember, and again, sometimes just not paying attention to certain things within it, but this is the most rookie pitchers I have seen making debuts in the first quarter of a season, of any season I can recall, of like high-end or high-regarded prospects, as well as volume uh, within it. Uh, And yet, uh, have we saved the best for last? Uh, Is Yuri uh, Perez, who made his debut, and again, this is a guy who, uh, for a couple of years, all the different pitching talent coming out of Miami, all the things coming through uh, within it, people and uh, talent evaluators said, yeah, you still haven't seen the best one yet. Uh, this 19-year-old phenom that's down there with a six-foot huge uh, with a blazing fastball, Uh, that's the guy that, they're, that you're waiting on to see. Well, he made that debut this week, uh, and it was every bit worth the hype.
1: Yeah. He's, I watched, I think, about three innings. He's, he went four and two-thirds. They took him out. He gave up, I think, his fourth hit. He ended up giving up four hits in four and two-thirds. Two solo home runs, which we've talked about the very high-end pitchers. They struggle with a home run, right? And... Maybe that'll be his case. I'm not certainly saying that after one start against the Reds, but he struck out seven guys. He walked two. He looked really good. And I don't – if the home run's going to be a problem, I'd be surprised. He pitches in a great park for that. He is 20 years old. 20, and he just turned it less than a month ago. May 12th, he debuted. He had his birthday back on April 15th is when he turned 20. So he was born in 2003, which makes me feel really old. But – he looks like Sandy Alcantara. He's huge. He's mentioned it. six 6'8". He's listed at 220 pounds. Uh, these pitchers that come up, you need to have one pitch that really is good, it feels like. And if it's a fastball, it seems like it's easier to transition. That's what Bryce Miller has. That's why Bryce Miller has looked pro- arguably the best of all of them. That's what Mason Miller had before he got hurt, which, hey, guess what? I called that last week because uh, he's always hurt. But those two had the big fastball. Some of these other guys, Gavin Stone has a changeup. He got sent back down. I don't doubt that Gavin Stone will be good, but – that that was his big pitch, and it takes a little longer. But Yuri Perez, blazing fastball and a wipeout slider. Like the comparisons are easy because he's a Marlin. He's the other young Marlins pitcher of all time Jose Fernandez. Obviously, rest in peace. Like tracking towards a Hall of Fame career in his own right until he died on that boat. But you know, I don't want to throw that per comparison on Yuri Perez, but you can see it. Like it he's the last
0: guy who had who came up out of the minors with that type of uh, fastball that just sheer overpowering of uh, of major league ten year vets uh, that look helpless against that pitch. Uh, he has that ceiling, uh, and you see it immediately out of the gate. Uh, this is a for a team that already has good pitching. There's different levels of of that. And now mm-hmm. we're at. I, he already has a chance to be what Sisto Sanchez couldn't with injuries, Ooh, where they got derailed. That there. one hurts. Sisto uh, Sanchez, that, what could have been? And so you're seeing that same high level out of him. And you put that with Sandy Alcantara and more at the top end of what they are. If he jumps out right away, uh, this team is lurking. We're I think always, that's the best way I would describe them in, in the NL East right now is lurking.
1: Next year, okay. I know I'm assuming a lot of health on this team that has not ex- always shown health. You're rolling out a Sandy Alcantara, Jesus Cesardo, Yuri Perez, uh, Max Meyer, who was the yes. last super prospect who had Tommy John last year. Trevor Rogers, top five, with Edward
0: Cabrera for a sixth. Like it's it, six. as he's still trying to like. He's, he's more your classic rookie. You the potential, rookie. You see the the potential, potential is right? there. He just hasn't put it all together yet. Like Joe Ryan before Joe Ryan.
1: Right, exactly. That is your top six, and you, you know I don't have a whole lot of faith anymore in Sixto Sanchez, but even that, like, could, if it actually came together, because you could say, okay, we have six guys. We can limit their innings. It could be amazing. Well, 100%. It's, it's a lot of question marks, right? Sandy Alcantara is the only – proven commodity at this point i i think Yuri prez is going to be good i think jesus lazardo is going to be good i we've seen trevor rogers be good he, he was actually looking pretty good this year but his arm got hurt again and max meyer was a super prospect in his own right now we had tommy john but he'll still be 24 25 when he debuts next year really and it's a team that's on the verge if you can hold teams to four or five runs it's crack you can win get a lot of games. Get some offense. Yes, you can Please win a lot of games. get
0: some offense. Well, let's take a look at another pitcher on, on the other side. Uh, a lot of moves went wrong. Uh, we've talked about this before with uh, uh, the money that was spent by the Detroit Tigers uh, last offseason, uh, and not much went right. Uh, uh, but Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, the quietest dominance to start a season by a pitcher uh, on a team that just overthought in every way, he had again, we talked about this guy was MIA uh in the middle of last year with and had all sorts of issues going on. But as far as being the pitcher that they spent money on, he has been worth every penny to start this year. And so, I'll, I'll ask for you to give those the stats to show that. But then the question becomes, actually, I'll, I'll wait first. Let's do that.
1: I mean, if we talk about Eduardo Rodriguez, we may have to go back to the, the myocarditis, right? Because he missed that one year with. The he had the COVID, and then we know that some people had the myocarditis, which is basically your heart swells up. So the name is time. Got the came back, pitched okay, got the signing with the Tigers, and last year was a, I mean it's a lost year. Like you said, he he was hurt, and then he was dealing with personal things, and they didn't really know where he was. He's back, and he looks arguably the best we've ever seen at Baltimore. I guess. and there was some good. Boston seasons. Like, I was an Eduardo Rodriguez fan. There were some good seasons in there, but this is a different level because he's stopped walking everybody. He's just is trusting his stuff, which is, like, this is like how Blake Snell won the Cy Young Award because he actually trusted his stuff and threw it over the plate. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, the last six starts, has had six straight, well, five quality starts. He won five and two-thirds in there in one game, or it would be six straight quality starts, but four wins for the year. He has a 157 ERA now in 51 innings, 47 strikeouts with a .79 whip because he stopped walking batters. It's, it's simply that easy, and you're going to talk about it a second here, but he's looking to get paid, or he's looking to get traded and get paid.
0: So it leaves with two questions. So we're going to go back to, of all the pitchers that have come out, uh, of the, the rookie pitchers within it, is Yuri Perez the best of this rookie class Uh, within it, and then also uh, outside of Shohei Ohtani, uh, which is always the exception to everything, for everyone else that lives in the real world. uh, uh, Human division. (laughs) In the human division, is he the best pitcher uh, to be moved this trade deadline?
1: Uh, Yuri Perez, I think, I don't know about this year, if he'll be the best. He might be. I wouldn't put it past him. I think that he will have a... Of the pitchers we've seen debut so far, the two Millers, the two Guardians guys, uh, Taj Bradley, Grayson Rodriguez, and I love some of the stuff that they can offer. Gavin Stone, I, Brandon Fott had a good start finally today. like I think there'll be some very good pitchers in that group. I think Gary Perez has the highest seal. If you told me that one of those guys wins mul- multiple Cy Young awards, I'll take Gary Perez. Maybe followed by... Uh, i don't know who else probably grayson rodriguez still because i think he's probably at the, although i do really like what i see out of bryce miller but that i just like what seattle does because he's another one just doesn't walk anybody george kirby and him just are like they're just like okay dude just throw it over the plate but yes i think Yuri Perez is probably going to be the best of those pitchers at some point it might not be this year but i like that one eduardo rodriguez the the most desired pitching option I think so.
0: Lefties are always in demand.
1: Yes, they are. That's what I was bringing that up. Yes, he is a lefty, which makes him more valuable instantly. Now, what you want is you want him to say, okay, well, I'm coming there and I'm willing to opt in. He has an opt out after this year. So you could get it and it could be the classic two month rental, a three month rental, or he could opt in for another three more years. 18 million, 16 million, 15 million. If he keeps pitching like this, he'll blow that number out of the water,
0: right? that's uh, You're pretty much at, at Zach Eflin free agency numbers.
1: And Zach Eflin, you know, a fine pitcher. He's never pitched like this, right? That correct. That, there's, that's the number.
0: So that's the what I'm saying is that that's the floor. Like mm-hmm. if, if he was, if you were getting him for those numbers, you'd be happy, even if he doesn't approach this level. Like that's a solid, a, a solid risk investment uh, within it. Uh, he'll get more than that in the off season at the same time. So if, if he would opt in, you, you still feel comfortable with the contract. Uh, if he opts out either you're getting a difference maker for the second half of the season. It's obviously the hardest part is the valuation of what do you give up if he's only got half a season to control if he's a rental versus two and a half seasons.
1: So I was just looking at the list of free agent pitchers after this year to glean to see if there's anybody else. Uh, is a free agent after this year. He's actually pitched pretty well. I have crapped on Lucas Giolito a lot on this podcast. He's actually pitched pretty well so far. Uh, that one is interesting, but beyond that, I think that the Phillies are going to re-sign Aaron Nola and they're going to be in contention, so I don't see him trading him. Uh Mortons, their teams going to be in contention. Jordan Montgomery, if the Cardinals stay out of it, now they've been better the last week, but they're still in dead last. I think that th- that you could see Jordan Montgomery move. But other than that, you know, I don't Julio Urías isn't getting traded from the Dodgers. There's no way they're trading Julio Urías. Uh, Max Scherzer's not getting traded from the Mets. They would they would riot in the streets if they traded Max Scherzer. Severino's going to stay a Yankee. Those are those are the players that are on the same level or you know, Blake Snell could get traded. I don't think Blake Snell's better. I've never seen him pitch better than that. It's been a long time, right? So those type of players. But, yeah, I think, I think you could certainly make the case he's going to be the best one traded, and he might not even be traded. So
0: we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that as we move forward. That leads us to the, the last question that we have, which is uh, the Houston Astros uh, are now at uh, a 21-19 and 19 record their last so they're right about 500 depending the last world 10 series games defending Astros excuse me defending they,
1: world series champion Astros
0: who are pretty much a 500 team and in their last 10 games guess what they did 5 and 5 yep so the question is is this the new norm uh, is this the level of where the Houston Astros are now is this just a, a first like couple seasons will the you what we're wondering is will they flip the switch and be that dominant AL team that we've seen every year. Within are we waiting for the switch that's going to be flipped? That may never happen. I don't know. I, I injury have,
1: concerns. That's it, right? It comes down to the. It comes down to the. I think it's a probably a fine. They have stars in their offense, right? Jordy Alvarez is a superstar. Kyle Tucker is great. Bragman, uh, Altuve's at, at AAA right now rehabbing. He should be back. I would think by the end of this week, maybe next week when we talk about it, we can talk about Jose Altuve returning. But they lost Justin Verlander in the offseason. We said, Okay, well they've got they've got depth at pitching. You can never have too much, right? Fran Riveldez is a stud. Christian Javier is great. Hunter Brown as a rookie has looked very good himself. We haven't talked about him because he's actually came up last year. I think he's technically still a rookie.
0: Some challenges, but he had his best start of the season. Yeah, he's uh, pitching
1: like a rookie, right? Like but that was when you're that was your five starter and you said, Okay, well we've got Fran Riveldez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers, and Jose Urchidi, we can we can Baby Hunter Brown. Well, guess what? Uh, Luis Garcia is out for the season. He had Tommy John surgery this past week. So I have him. I had him on a Dynasty League. That sucked. Uh, terrible. I have that same team. I have Jeffrey Springs. Sucked. Uh, just, you know, th- th- tons of pitching injuries. It's brutal. Lance McCullers is the, I'd, I'd say Byron Buxton, but it would be mean to Byron Buxton because Byron Buxton does play. Uh, I don't even know who to compare Lance McCullers to, but he is still apparently rehabbing from his strained elbow, which is like the. Lance McCullers' starter kit is always some type of elbow or arm injury. So, look, I never trusted Lance McCullers, but I thought, okay, well, he's your fifth starter. Maybe you can baby it with Hunter Brown. But now, Rikidi has shoulder discomfort. Like, we talked about it. Shoulders are worse than elbows. Tommy John surgery, yeah, you're out for a year, but then you're back. Shoulders can be worse than elbows. That's the concern I always had with, you know, Carlos Rodon.
0: Shoulders are the career enders.
1: Yep. So, suddenly, you know, they're playing J.P. France, who's had some nice de- MLB debut, but... Do I trust J.P. France to lead this team? This is what we talk about with the Angels. This is the Angels thing, where they don't have enough starting pitching. Now, it's a better team than Los Angeles. But could this be a team that takes a step from World Series champion to battling for a playoff spot? Yeah, I I think it could be. They could, you know, I could be wrong again. Absolutely, I could be wrong. They could get really
0: hot. But Corey Jolks is playing DH for this team. I just don't see that next rung. I know. Maybe maybe the answer isn't Jose Altuve, right? He's, as star, far as right? Being He's a whole the,
1: famer. He, they could put him back at the top of their lineup and suddenly and you say we have this. Lengthen
0: the lineup, lineup protection. Everyone goes down one less spot, more, less pressure on everybody within it. Uh, Hunter Jose Brown Abraham gets better, right? Uh, Jose
1: Abreu gets better. That's part Hunter of
0: it. Hunter Brown uh, emerges as part of this, and then you're right back into contending in the AL West, as you'd expect them to do within it. The pieces to do that are here. There's just more questions here than ever before.
1: Rambo Valdez, Christian Javier, J.P. France, Brandon Bielik, and Hunter Brown. And that is our current projected starting five. Allow me Does to that read scare you. you. Not compared to this one. Let me read you this one. And this includes a missing season out of Robbie Ray. Uh, would you rather have that one or Luis Castillo, Bryce Miller, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and Marco Gonzalez? Because I'll take Seattle at
0: this have you point. Seen the step up that George Kirby is yeah. making here. George Kirby, Bryce
1: Miller, and Logan Gilbert looks like look like future stars. Like they look like. I don't want to throw a, like Hall of Fame comparisons, but Oakland, I don't know, 25 years ago, Moneyball time, had Mark, Mark Mulder, Barry Zito, and Tim Hudson as young pitchers coming up. They look like that. like They look like they could be good for a while. Luis Castillo was still only 30. He looks like he could win a Cy Young award sometime soon here. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be hard for them to catch Seattle. Now, Seattle's got a four-game lead, or excuse me, Seattle's not even winning it. Texas is winning it. And we just talked about how good they've been, so then the American league West has been pretty bad for a while. And I know Seattle made the playoffs last year as well, but
0: Houston's going to deal with this one. So if they're going to make the playoffs again, they're going to earn it. When we come back, we'll take a look at the teams that are uh, under 500 to find out, uh, better or baseline. Uh, as we talked about with Houston, looking at 500, we'll look at the teams underneath to see, is there hope for today or is it better off next year? Cut my egg.
1: Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Breaks
0: it, then cut it. You,
1: bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party with you cowboy. Now, you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, Hula Hoops, and Pac-Man
0: video games, don't you see... People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. I'll be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Bolton fan. Yes, shake that's awesome. We'll make our way through the American League first, uh, taking a look at uh, teams under 500. Uh, and uh, just using the, the betterer baseline. So I'm going to set you up for each of these teams here within Before it. You give me again. your uh, your thought with it. Again, we'll do kind of more of a bullet point uh, for these uh, within it. Again, we'll look more at, at this stuff uh, in the coming weeks uh, ahead within it. But as we look at the uh, – uh, there's at least one thing I won't do for you, what? which is give you a team in the AL East because there isn't one under 500. And
1: there's only – it's like all set, it's all in the central, isn't it? Like almost all of them are in the central, right? Just the West has almost got all of them above yeah, 502,
0: right? You have uh, the, just the, again, and the, uh, the, in the uh, we said the, the human division when it came to Shohei. Now it's in the competing division. So anything that actually puts out, uh, uh, other than putting out bodies out there, like actual major leaguer uh, uh, division. Uh, so we'll go to the AL Central, and we're looking at four of the five uh, within it. So we'll start with the team that, you know, they sometimes they they always write the ship. What keeps them different from Toronto or from the Mets uh, or for uh, teams that w- within it uh, at the end of the they always write the ship and then they are uh, a team you don't like facing uh, in, in the uh, in the in the first round of the playoffs. Cleveland Indians. They are at nineteen and twenty one. Oh, you said Indian, dude. I We're gonna get Guardians. canceled here. We're Guardians. Gonna get canceled
1: here. Uh, As far as the, I don't know, 10, 15 teams, whatever we're going to talk about here, this is probably the one that I have the least concern about. Uh, Tristan McKenzie will be back. The young pitching is just fine. I don't think that they're suddenly a bad team. I think that they will be better than they are. Josh Naylor, I think you mentioned last week, expected stats way better. He's hitting two hundred five. I think Josh Bell was not a two twenty two hitter. I just think that as far as teams go, this is the one that probably is the least concerning to me. I still think this team could easily win 85-plus games.
0: Most shocking team uh, for for records uh, within this. If if you didn't know anything about this or even me setting it up that way within it, what would you think the Detroit Tigers record is?
1: About fourteen and I don't know how many games we played now. Twenty eight, something like that.
0: <laughs> they are eighteen and twenty one. They have more played- than Pittsburgh playing the team that's yeah. playing over their head the most. The expected win loss record for them is fifteen and twenty four. So what you expected, yeah. give or take, within that. They're, and it's not like it's much, but the, but it just looks like they're that. Cl- Did you ever think they would sniff 500 outside of maybe going one and one in the first <laughs> two games? Seriously, this team is uh, 18 and 21.
1: That's pretty impressive. I will give them that. We know that A.J. Hinch is a, he's won a World Series, right? He's a very good manager now. 18, 18 wins, you said? Yep. Uh, we just talked Riley about how good. Riley Green is starting Eduardo to. Eduardo Rodriguez has been right. Eduardo Rodriguez is a big part of that. That certainly helps. But yeah, Riley Green looks at least like there's hope there. I would agree. I'd say the same thing for Spencer Torkelson. They have not been the instant stars that we hope for. This is not – either one of those guys that look like Julio Rodriguez, right? That's not what happened there, but there are very few. It's been better than I thought it would be. Uh,
0: it's still a team that – it's a ways away here again. Absolutely. Uh, Chicago White Sox, uh, they are at that 14-28. and 28. Uh, They are – uh, and and when uh, expected win loss fifteen and twenty seven so this is a, where the they're they're playing to their talent level uh, at this point uh, so we're talking better or baseline.
1: I mean they should be better. They absolutely should be better. They're as usual they are very beat up. Eloy Jimenez had his six weeks off with his appendectomy. Tim Anderson has missed time. Luis Robert has been pretty good. He's actually been healthy. He's had ten home runs. He's hitting two seventy. Andrew Vaughn looks. Actually, really good. Uh, he's got 30 RBIs already, so th- there's been some hope here. But I don't know. Pitching I just is old
0: or injured.
1: Looks, I Dylan sees is extremely erratic, and that's could Dylan sees put together. Like remember when I used to crap on Robbie Ray when we first started doing the podcast. I'm not sure that Dylan sees isn't all that different. Where there'll be years where he's amazing, but when the walks get out of hand, it can get real ugly real fast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it should be better. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't finish below 500.
0: I was going to say, I'm saying this is their baseline only because like, pitching older, injured, injured uh, for a lot of... Or inconsistent. They really uh,
1: need... They come back from cancer, Liam Hendricks. They really need, like... It feels like this team is just lacking leadership constantly. That's what it always feels dysfunctional, like.
0: Dysfunctional. Yeah. Just dysfunctional. And it's not going to get better. There's uh, someone who's trying to read lips uh, within it, and I... Sometimes you get words into it, and then so then you think you see it, maybe not. But it looked like Tim Anderson on first base uh, within saying, I, "I effing hate it here." Uh, within it, uh, like the like the full like I just with whatever like, you could tell like the look on his face, frustrated from something. And those seem to be the words that are coming out uh, uh, within that uh, as he's talking to whoever's at first base with him. I think he's traded at the at the deadline. I think there's guys that are going to be gone, and which means when you're, you're going to ship out any of the decent talent you have. This is the baseline. Uh, this team a lot of questions when we get to the off season. Kansas City twelve and thirty. I, it's sh- I don't think it's better than five hundred. It should be better than that. It absolutely should be better than that. I just watched that team because they played the Brewers. Bobby they Witt have looks, some young studs. They I do. Like guys that should be cornerstone pieces of, of a solid team or like getting ready to make that next step.
1: I mean, you see the talent, but like Bobby Witt has to learn how to draw a walk. Like he's got a 267 on base percentage. That's that is That's awful. not gonna cut it. Now, you know, he's got here sixteen extra base hits. I think he leads baseball in triples. He's just, you can see the potential to be a star. Absolutely. And Vinny Pasquantino is is really good. I he still has more walks and strikeouts. They have some really good players. Salvador Perez obviously, MJ Melendez. They have some really good players. The pitching is not good enough. We knew that.
0: Third worst uh, runs given up uh, oh, yeah. in the AL. That
1: doesn't i that does not surprise me at all. They're running out there. Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Brad Keller have not been good. You know who looks amazing and will be uh, the big time trade piece. Will be Ronalds Chapman is yep. going to get absolutely moved. Like Philly should be calling I, once again, we talk about Philly and their bullpen issues, and it's been better. But uh, I'll take Raldis Chapman over Craig. Kimbrough. I think Scott
0: Barlow is also going to be on the move. He has one year left to control, so you have a year and a half with and I think both those bullpen arms will be on the move.
1: Absolutely, Raldis Chapman is thirty five. I watched him punch up pump one hundred and four a couple times in that series. So amazing. And
0: you got Oakland at nine and thirty three. <laughs> I have to at least uh, mention them, right? Uh, uh, they the okay. So Oakland positive. We have to at least give something here with it and. Uh, Leading an OPS for a rookie of the year. Oh. Uh, he's been the surprise of uh, uh, not only for the team within it, but one of the best surprises in the AL. They've
1: had some good players. They, they, they have some potential. Astoria Ruiz looks like we thought he would. He has 18 stolen bases, which is fantastic. He looks like a future star leadoff hitter. Jordan Diaz had a three home run game this week for them, their second base prospect, so that was big. Uh, JJ Blade, who they got in a trade, has three home runs. He's hitting 324. It's a. Uh, We knew it was going to be bad. It's been arguably worse than we thought. It's their pitching minus Mason Miller, who I said is already hurt, uh, is unpalatably bad. Like, there are, I guarantee you, there are triple A, double A, possibly rotations that are better than what they're rolling out there right now. So, James Caprillion's in the rotation. He has a 10 17 area. Drew Rusinski has an 8 16. Shintaro Fujinami has a 12 17. Those are not fips. Those are not like they're getting unlucky. Ken Waldachuk, 702. Kyle Muller, 734. You want to know how you lose games? You have one, two, three, four, five, five pitchers with an over seven ERA on your rota- on your rotation, or
0: not? Well, in your twelve pitchers that you're carrying, so that's not good, right? Uh, that is no, not that's good. not good. Okay, no, that is not good. Well, we'll move to the NL, and I'm not counting Miami or the Mets. I know that they're twenty and twenty-one within it, uh, but we'll let more of a season get uh, into that one. Uh, we'll take Washington as seventeen and twenty-three. That's actually better than I thought it would
1: be. I'll give them some credit. That's actually not as bad as you'd think, right? This is a team that pretty much tore it down. They traded Juan Soto, and we said, okay, well. Their pitching hasn't rebuilding. been terrible. No. That's jo- a, that's Mackenzie a, Gore and Josiah Gray, like, this is what they traded for him for, right? That's a Josiah Gray is a two ninety six ERA. That's probably a little lucky. That's But his problem was home runs, too. That was always his problem. He's given up five. That ain't bad in 45 innings. You'll take that. Mackenzie Gore is a three twenty-nine ERA. That's pretty good. Like, this is what they wanted out of those two. Actually Patrick Orban only has a 4.87 year. for him is like a plus. That's actually like, That's like an like a year of one. It's like it's pretty much exactly. So it's been better than I think I thought it would be. They they have some good Carl Edwards actually good in the bullpen too.
0: So this this is a team that I think they could use a, take a playbook out of the the Texas Rangers uh uh, playbook spend. and get just just one like one mid level guy. Mm-hmm. If all of this team could be kind of interesting, if you have a, a rotation that's competitive one through five, uh, with, as young guys develop, you have at least a, a veteran who's slightly above average, who's also kind of helps with the ropes. So uh, within, because you don't want it to be in Patrick Corbin within it. How about Steven Strasburg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, we'll move to the NL Central, uh, Chicago Cubs, nineteen and twenty one. Um. That's
1: probably about. I thought they were probably a roughly a 500 team. That's that's about what you'd expect. There have been really really bright spots to the team. I think so far. You know, we talked about Cody Bellinger last week. That's been fantastic. Uh, Justin Steele has looked like a borderline ace, six and zero with a 182 ERA on the year. That looks fantastic. So it's it's been pretty good. I've been impressed with what they're doing. I don't think that it. I think they probably end up finishing about 75 ish wins, which is. Not bad, and then you figure another year out of Say a Suzuki, another year out of Dansby Swanson, and you know, Matt M- Mervis maybe gets a little better. Ian Happ still there. You had to figure out what you're going to do with Cody Ballinger at this point. That's that's the big question, I guess, is because otherwise, you know, if he if they decide that they're falling behind the Brewers or the Pirates or whoever pulls ahead here, his name could start getting thrown around in trades too.
0: This is uh, as far as better or baseline, uh, the advanced stats say better. Uh, they're at a plus 29 uh, run differential so far. Uh, best in the NL Central. the expected win loss with that would be 23 and 17. Uh, so it's kind of Good interesting time. to see within it they've been right now, like best case scenario through the first quarter of the year, right? They've had uh, the guys uh, stepping up some surprise uh, surprising guys taking steps up, uh, veterans who are coming back uh, not uh, uh, to form. Uh, within like it's the best case and, scenario for the Cubs right now, and you're seeing that.
1: They've also uh we're gonna talk about, you know, some of these other teams. They've they've really Nico Horner just went on the injury list this week. They've Otherwise they've really avoided yep. the injury so far, which is testament to their health or whatever, but that can flip in a heartbeat. They you know, Drew Smiley has never been exactly a beacon of health, and Jamison and Tyone has had dealt with a ton of injuries in his career, and so we'll see how long that lasts. But so far stay healthy. Cincinnati Reds eighteen and twenty two. Uh, Nick Lodolo just went on the injury list for them today, which sucks. Now he'd been kind of struggling, but maybe that's an ex- explanation for it. I just want this team to, like, lean into the full rebuild and just let's... Christian Encarnacion-Strand hit n- two more home runs this week, and they are still, still playing uh, Nick Senzel. Well, okay, so Nick Senzel's actually pretty good, but you can move him to the outfield and put Jake Fraley on the bench. Henry Ramos is your DH. Call up Christian Encarnacion-Strand. Call up L.A. DeLich. Just... Why is Kevin Newman playing shortstop? Just lean into the rebuild here.
0: I finally, uh, I at least a, a couple of leagues picked up. uh, uh
1: Christian Ocrasi on strand. Y- just sitting on the on the bench. Oh yeah, it, uh, with uh, figuring, it it like it, it, should be, it should be. It should
0: be any time now. It really should. He's. Uh, it isn't. As, it isn't as if there's anything more he needs to master at AAA. He is showing that immensely. It's time. You need to bring him up and give him a shot. Uh, With Dennis, so hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. That's another bright spot that could be coming to Cincinnati as part of their overall rebuild. Uh, better a baseline, I think this is about it. I, I think they have a if depending upon health. If health changes, this will go lower. Uh, but I think they're at about at about where, where things are uh, right now. St. Louis Cardinals, fifteen and twenty five.
1: They're better, right? They, they will be better than that. They've been better the last week or so. I see they're winning right now as so we're doing this. They're beating the Red Sox 6-1. to It's a better team than 15-25, and 25, but we've said it last week, right? That's The pitching isn't good enough for this team to really compete. So unless they decide that they're going to move some of their incredible offensive talent, like do we really need – right now their bench includes Tommy Edmond, Alec Burleson. We know Jordan Walker's in the minors. Like are those bench players for most teams? No. So and you're already, already-
0: – Reducing the ceiling of Nolan Gorman is only being versus right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. You should at least find they out play, for sure. He,
1: they sat him on the bench three days this week because he's against a lefty. They sat him on the bench, sat Friday or it's Wednesday. Just Friday roster and mismanagement. So, uh, I, I don't know. They're better than really this, but
0: but there there's so many frustrations in St. Louis right now across the board. Uh, San Diego Padres, we mentioned being 19 and 22 uh, within it. So San Francisco, uh, 17 and 23.
1: Yeah. I... You know, I want to say that this team should be better, but I'm just not sure it should be better than that. I think this is probably a baseline is roughly a 500 team. They, they have some good pieces. Don't get me wrong. I You know, Dyro Estrada has been great for them, and I, Confortos came back. He can't hit. He's still walking. I think eventually the batting average will bounce back, but I don't know. I – I still like a lot of what they do. Their pitching is doing what it usually does. Where you look at their pitching: three forty-six ERA, Logan Webb, three oh six Anthony DeSclafani, one seventy Alex Cobb, two forty-five Alex Wood, seven ninety-six Sean Mania. But four of those guys, you know, that's that's what we expect out of them. Take another team, right? Takes mid-rotation pitchers and turns them into really good, and they're doing it again. But this is the it's been the offense for a few years. They had that one year where suddenly all of their like Brandon Crawford hit like two eighty with like thirty-five home runs, and Brandon Belt was amazing, but. It's just there's no Aaron Judge in this lineup. There is no Carlos Correa in this lineup. They tried. They, they tried. They
0: uh, tried. 100% they tried. So I give their their front office uh, credit for for trying to make that step. I'm going to give you a politician answer and say both, uh, and, and here's why. Uh, where runs against, uh, they've given up 200 runs. They're better than that. Yep. Uh, they're pitching up. They're absolutely better than that. But their run scored of 173. That's that's where you are, and that's why the, the one lo- uh, win-loss is not going to reflect much better. Your pitching will improve uh, as far as uh, results are, but I'm not expecting a bump up in that uh, that offense. Still something to be addressed going into next year. Colorado finishes us off at 17-24. and 24. Uh, Is there anything worse than it, you, you have guys, teams that are good, teams that are bad, uh, within it and you can put that within it but then you also have teams that are irrelevant that's yeah they're just routinely stuck in they the still same play spot. in major league baseball <laughs> I, and that, I mean, honestly that's where we are with Colorado right now like Oakland you know like terrible within this you have Rays like, doing really well within this you have all these teams within you can talk about where they should be it's, it's and then you have just Colorado that just does this like this is most most irrelevant franchise
1: since we started doing this I don't I don't know if they've really been competitive since we started doing this, which was like four years ago or something like this. At this point, I, I don't. They're certainly not getting better. Like it's not going to get any better. You look at their, you look at their pitching. It's Kyle Freeland who's been who's fine, right? I mean, he, he handles the fact that he pitches in Colorado uh, two through four. Ready for this because uh, they had some injuries. Herman Marquez had Tommy John, which sucks. Feltner last two days ago got smoked in the face and has. Fractured skull. Which prayers up, man. Like that sucks too. Uh, Connor Seabold, who they traded for a few months ago, is their number two. Chase Anderson, who the Rays cut like three days ago, is currently projected as their number three. And Austin Gomber's are four. Like it's not good enough. It, it's it's simply not good enough. And the offense is fine, but they're 14th in run scored. This is a team that routinely finishes in the top three because of the fact that they pay, play in the massive hitters park. So if you're not gonna if you're gonna finish in the mid pack and runs, this is going to be one of the worst teams
0: in baseball. So if you had uh, we talked about Esther Ruiz? We talked about uh uh Rooker, Brent Rooker, yeah. Uh, and uh and Miller for pitcher. Mason Miller, yeah. How many players does Colorado have that's better than that?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant is still yep. better if you can trust the health right now. That's the set $10 million question. CJ Crown just got hurt, um, and they should have moved him, all right, they should have traded. C.J. Kron last year. I like what Ezekiel Tovar offers. I do, as far as a young, like, building block. But I'll take Mason Miller over any pitcher the Rockies are going to roll out there, absolutely. So, you know... As far as building like, blocks like do, are concerned, do we understand
0: the challenge of that? How hard like for a team that was that has torn everything down, that took that dismantled everything, and you still have players, their top three. is hard for Colorado to beat. Instead of that being an easy answer, the fact that it's harder okay. says everything you need to know about well, Colorado. At,
1: okay, let me just pull this up quick here. So Oakland's starting lineup, so is their ages are where does this go? Oakland uh, 24 is Dewey Ruiz, 27 Ryan Nota, 28 Rooker, Ramon Lariano, 28, J.J. Blade, 25, Shayla Englears, 25, then you have 31-year-old Tony Kemp, 33-year-old Jace Peterson with El Trade, and 24-year-old Nick Allen. You look at Colorado, and it is uh, 37-year-old Charlie Blackman, who they pay ridiculous amounts of money to. Remember, they're like, oh, we need to sign and Profar. No one else want him. We need to sign him because, you know, God forbid we play anybody young on this team, so we'll sign 30-year-old and Profar, Thirty-one year old Chris Bryant, thirty-three year old CJ Crum, thirty-three year old Elias Diaz, twenty-eight year old Ryan McMahon, thirty-one year old Randall Grichik, thirty-year old Harold Castro, and then we have one young player, Ezekiel Tovar. And our bench includes thirty-five year old Mike Mustakis because God forbid we play any prospect ever on this team. Like another so, team, why is Zach V not on this team? I, who cares? I don't know if he's ready or not at Double A. Try it. Like it, you have to do something on this team to at least spark interest.
0: Whose next three years would you would you? Oh, I take we, Oakland buy more. a
1: million times over. I would like Th- Oakland. That's how leading, bad this is. Oh, for at least Oakland, if you're going to rebuild, like tear it down and do it. Tra- Colorado should have. said that two years ago and they had Trevor Story. The, we said this like, for the last couple years. To tear a thousand it down. percent. Like, Trevor Story. Pick a what direction. Did you get out of Trevor Story. Nothing. You got to You got a conditional pick.
0: The. We said pick a direction, yep. or you're going to be stuck in a very bad spot, uh, worse than in. either way, either all in or all out. They picked the do nothing, uh, and now and now you are at a spot where there's. You don't even have any pieces to trade that could help you to move back up. Oakland traded a lot of good talent. You can still debate how well they did in those trades. The next few years will tell within it, but there's at least pieces that they're building. You can at least see some movement, something there within it. You can't see anything in Colorado. Shout out to one thing about Colorado
1: shout out to Riley Pint, uh, fourth pick overall in 2016. Quit baseball for a while. He was a fourth pick, Colorado out of. By Colorado, out of Florida, quit baseball for a while, came back, made his big league debut today.
0: Awesome. Nice to see stories like that. Well, that is, That's uh, the
1: Daniel Bard. I'm sure Riley Pine yeah. will get like
0: a $40 million contract from them. <laughs> and never be seen from ever again. That's right. uh, with that, we will see you next week to talk uh, quarter season MVPs.